Hello, and thank you for joining Destiny Talk Show. We always appreciate you coming in and sitting down with us and listening to the Word of God. So right now, let us go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you right now, O oh God. We give you praise, we give you honor, glory, and we worship you today. We thank you, O oh God, for everything that you're going to do and everything that you are doing in our lives. We thank you, O oh God, for we know that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly and above what we could ever ask or think. So, Father, let us learn now and hear your voice today as we begin to read your word. In Jesus' name. So today we're going to be coming from Esther and how God used her to accomplish his vision and his goal for his people. The same way that he wants to do that for us. As we begin to look over our lives and we begin to look over the things that God is doing for us and through us and our destiny, we begin to realize at that point what God has called us for. Because a lot of times we will cry out to God about our destiny, about what he wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. And Esther is a great example of that because it doesn't say that she called out to God or God gave instructions for them to do A, B, and C, but that she began to do something according to what she know, what she learned, and what she heard through the Holy Spirit. She directly went straight to the throne of God to accomplish God's mission, God's strategy for them to complete his vision. Now, we know in the beginning that Esther um, became the queen after they banished Vashti. And and after she became the queen, you know, she was enjoying it, and she was um, very happy, very beautiful to look upon. Probably couldn't believe that she actually won out of all the women, but she began to um, live out her destiny, her title. What's the amazing thing is that God placed her in position because he knew what was coming in the future. So she was placed in that position so that she can fulfill what God needed her to fulfill. And then we go into the fact that we learn Haman wanted to annihilate the Jews. He didn't like them. They didn't worship their God, so he wanted to do away with them because he told the king that they had different gods and it would cause a problem with the Jews worshiping their God. So he wanted them to come over to their side to begin to worship the God that they had instead of God Almighty. So as he began to plot and he got permission from the king's signet ring to do all of these things. So as we go on in reading, And he began to set up everything against the Jews because Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him, and that just made him even more angry about making sure that he annihilate the Jews. And taking it into our personal experiences in salvation through Christ and people who may not like or have a despise against the God that we serve, we begin to realize that people in our workplace, people in our families, will begin to come against us because we love God as much as we do. So as we are looking at that and we're still praising God and we're still trusting and believing him for our destiny and the dependence upon, you know, completing it, 
So when we begin to ask God for destiny, we can definitely look at Esther to find out how destiny really works. Because even though God is not speaking to us the way that he spoke to them, but he does speak to us through his word. So as we read his word, we find our own destiny. As we spend time with him, he begins to speak to us according to the will that he has for our life and the picture and plans that he has. So when Mordecai heard what Haman wanted to do, he went quickly to the gate and began to let them know, hey, tell the queen these things that's going on with Haman. So in destiny, once you hear that someone is trying to annihilate, somebody is trying to come against you at the workplace, people don't want you to get promoted, people don't want you to see the leadership qualities that you have, they begin to come against you. They begin to see lies against you to make sure that you don't get the position or you don't get to go further in things. But when God is involved with what you're doing for him and you are involved with God, there's no way an enemy can come against you at all. There's no way that you will be defeated out of anything God has promised you that you would be doing. So even if he's placed you in a place where you're like, why am I here? I have a degree. I have knowledge. I have leadership skills. But, God, you place me in a place that nobody will see me. No one will know that I have the skills that I have. But if you stay in that position, somebody corporate will come by and have a conversation with you. Somebody, a president or something, will come by and speak to you or come by and want to know what you're up to, and then you can begin to speak on other things with knowledge and wisdom. And that it will be the door that God would use to get you to your next. But sometimes we get so caught up in I'm more qualified than this. Why am I in this place? But we're not focused on destiny. We're focused on feelings. We're focused on God must have made a mistake. But God is saying to us in John 14, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whosoever I have said, uh, whatsoever I have said unto you. If we take that scripture and realize that the Holy Spirit is in control of everything, we can be at peace and we can rest because you know your day is coming. But when we try to act like we have more wisdom than God, we will fail. And then we'll ask God, why did I fail? I did what you wanted me to do. But you did not focus on him. You cried that he did you wrong. But you didn't cry out to him saying, God, tell me my purpose for being here, that I may stay in destiny. God, tell me the reason for what you're doing in my life in this time so that I can stay put and trust in you. So we begin in verse 7. It says, in the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, the Pur, was cast before Haman to determine a day and a month that the lot fell on the twelfth month and the twelfth and of the month of Adar. So now what Haman is doing is he's casting lots over somebody else's life. Can you imagine someone doing that to you? Your life means absolutely nothing to them, that they would just cast lots and determine your destiny for you. But we know that God has a destiny for us that no man will be able to do anything with. So it says in verse 10, the king removed his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadoth, the agitite, the enemy of the Jews, keep your money, please, said to the king, to Haman, these people are given to you to do what with them 
as you please. So now the verdict is gone. The judge, the king, whomever has spoken, and they're like, well, we are going to annihilate them. So when Mordecai heard it, he stands at the gate because now he's realizing that this is really real. You know, at first it was a rumor. At first it was something that he was, you know, kind of figuring out and trying to see. But that was the Holy Spirit that put him in the place to hear what was going to happen. And so many times when people are against us and they're working against us, you know, in a sneaky, quiet way, the Holy Spirit will talk to you and he will let you know this one right here is doing this and said this. And he'll tell you exactly what they said. And he'll begin to tell you what next they are going to do and what you need to do. And it's never going to be go and curse them out or go and make your stand in front of them. That's not God. God sets everything up in quiet, and he let them continue on their way. He let them think that they're going to win. But in all, he is going to be the winner in that situation. He is going to be the one that no one will ever defeat. So we go to Elisha, 2 Kings and 6. God has power where he told God, let him see that we're going to win. See, God has resources that we don't have, but if we're not looking in the spirit realm, we can't see the resources. We only see, oh, my God, I got to hurry up and leave this job before they fire me because they're trying to set me up. Oh, my God, I got to do this and I got to do that. Why is it you doing it when God puts you in that place for a reason that he, you don't see? But if you ask God to open your eyes that you may see, then the Holy Spirit will open your eyes and you will see everything that's going on. You will see the horses and the chariots and the fire in that place to help you be successful. But if you don't do it, then there's no success for you because you're going to end up running. You're going to end up quitting. You're going to end up saying, I can't defeat them. Well, God didn't place you there for you to defeat them. He placed you there that his word may be over to over them. But when we begin to run, it's kind of like we just gave up on God. And it says in chapter 4, when Mordecai learned that all of all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the middle of the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only for as far as the king's gate because the law prohibited anyone from wearing sackcloth from entering the gate. So now he's right there and he's really praying and crying unto God because he's like, what are, what's going to happen to my people? What are we doing? What's going on? And in verse 4, when Esther's maidens and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, the queen was overcome with distress. She sent clothes for Mordecai and wore to wear instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. So let's go into the shame of what God has called us for, because there's going to be some shame. There's going to be a little bit of of crying. There's going to be, why did you leave me? There's going to be, where are you when I need you? Because there's going to come a time when that threat looks real, when that threat upon you will look like it's going to overtake you, will look like it's going to overcome. But God is saying, in all of that distress, trust me, because the Holy Spirit is there to teach us. The Holy Spirit is there to allow us with peace to trust in what God is doing. And if you look back over everything that you have gone through in life, can you really say that I trusted God, that I, you know, 
trusted the process of what was going on, even though it looked like I'm going to be defeated. Do we look at the defeat or do we look at the victory more? You know, when it's like, hey, we're going to come for your car tomorrow if you don't pay this X amount of money. We begin to get scared, and we don't know where we're getting the money from. We don't know why, but we know we need that car. And then when we go down in prayer into the secret place, not the prayers that of fear, not the prayers of crying, Lord, Lord, help me, but the prayers that you said in your word, God. And we go into our secret place, and we don't do anything but just go before the Lord saying, I trust you, that I, I know you're going to deliver me out of this. These are the things that God wants us to do in this day and time is to trust him. And it's hard trusting him when it's staring you in the face. It's hard to trust when you don't know the end result. But when you pray and say, God, open my eyes that I may see that even if I do lose it, I know you have something else for me or you are going to help me get it back. Those are the things that God desires from us in this time because the enemy is coming strong. The enemy is coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. But what do you have that says your God is mightier? What do you have and possess that the enemy will flee from you when you tell him to? What power do you have in Christ that the enemy will run instead of you running? We have the power of God. So before Esther went before the king to tell him of what Haman was doing, she declared a fast. She told him, we're going to fast about this because I need to hear what the Spirit is saying right now. I need to know the strategy that God has because they were so confident in God. Even though they were disobedient, they were confident at this point. And it says in verse 15, then Esther sent to a reply to Mordecai, go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I will, and I and my maidens will fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. If I perish, I will perish. Now, this is where your strength is coming from, the Holy Spirit right there, that power of the Holy Spirit. Now, even though she, you know, God didn't come down with a voice like he usually do, and he'll say, it is well, you will win this battle. Because they would go to God and they would say, hey, will we win or will we lose? And he would advise them. But to me, Esther was different because she had that connection with God to where she could just go fast and pray get the instructions, and execute what God has told her to do. She didn't wait for somebody to tell her. She didn't, you know, pray that somebody else open a door for her. She went directly to God, got her instructions, and said, if I perish, I'm perished because I'm going according to what God has told me to do. I'm going according to what the Holy Spirit has commanded me to do when I spoke to him. Now, the only way you can have that confidence, knowing you may die at the end, is you, are, you had already had a, 
a covenant. You already had an understanding. You already knew how to communicate with God. You already had a secret place with God. That's the only way you would go and say, if I perish, I perish. And you've done it more than one time. Because the first time, you're scared. You're nervous. I'm standing on God. I don't know what he did. I don't know what he said, but I'm going to go. I'm going to trust him. God will honor you going off of his trust, off of your love for him. So the next time, he's going to bring you through again. He's going to show you that he has the plan to defeat any enemy that's trying to come against you, any enemy that's trying to discourage you. God is letting us know he's there for us, but we have to come into that place of relationship with him where we hear his voice and we execute the plan. And sometimes we'll say, well, God doesn't always talk to me. He's talking to you. You just haven't gone in your quiet place to listen. You're trying to hear him while you're in the car. You're trying to hear him while you're dealing with the kids. No. That's why she said, let us fast for three days, no food, no water, day nor night, because I need to hear, and I need to hear clearly and correctly, because this involves all of the Jews, not just me and Mordecai, but this is going to involve everyone. So even in your family, when all these things are going to affect the family, if I don't pay this bill, I'm going to get evicted, all of us. If I don't pay the car payment, all of us will not have a ride. You know, no food, no nothing. So you got to go in that place and cry and say, God, let me just get my, my hurt and my feelings out first. Then I'm going to come and worship you, but I got to get my fears out first. That's okay when you're in that place with him because the next time you come to him with something or you want to worship, you can go straight into your worship because now you know I don't have to worry. I don't have to fear. I don't have to cry. I just go before him. I just go before him and thank him. I just go before him and dwell in his presence. And then you begin to grow in God to where Esther was. You begin to grow into God to where you hear what he's saying to you. You don't question his voice anymore. You don't question your destiny anymore. Because in the process of listening to him and being trained to hear his voice by the Holy Spirit, your destiny is being revealed at the same time. Your destiny will be shown to you through that secret place. You don't have to ask anybody what's my destiny. You don't have to say, what is your will for my life? He's going to show you in that place because you trust him and you love him. So Esther went into that place where she knew she could meet with her God and got examples of what she needed to do or facts about what she needed to do to where if she said, I perish, I'm just going to have to perish. But I got to save my people. She was there for that purpose. Plus, she was lifted at the same time. So it's like, what are we saying to God to get him to listen to us? What are we doing to build a relationship with him? Because he has words he wants to tell you, but we're not spending the time to listen. Because he's training your ear. He's training your faith. He's training you for destiny. But we don't want to take that long route. But how can he present you and you're not ready? How can he tell you? Because she would have perished if she had not spoken to God. She would have lost everything. All the Jews would have lost had she not been in a relationship already with him. That's how she got it. In three days, she got what she needed to do. And those days after, she was ready to go. She didn't have to ask Mordecai, what do you think? 
God says this. What do you think? Can we do it? Can we not do it? Are the Jews ready for this? It was all on her. She had to hear and she had to execute. Are you ready for that assignment that you stand tall and you stand on what you know is the right thing to do? And it's so amazing how he told her, you know, set up a dinner, set up a party, and we're going to walk, I'm going to walk you through the process of what you need to do because you are looking at your enemy. You're not coming to them the first night and saying, I know what you're doing. I know, I know, but I got. No, he said, come back tomorrow. Let's, let's talk again tomorrow. And we don't have that kind of patience when we don't have a relationship with God. We feel like we need to step in and go ahead and say, uh-uh, we need to talk, and we need to talk now because you ain't going to be doing this to me. No, God is like, calm down. Take it easy. I got this, not you. But it's a training process that we have to go through because we feel like the battle is ours and we need to fight it. But God is saying it's not yours. I put you in this place so that you can fight, so that you be the vessel that I use, but it's my battle, my strategy. My words. So why? Because he gets the glory. He will begin to get everything he needs out of it that people will know, hey, you better not mess with that one. God got a hand on her. You better not mess with that one because there's a hedge around her. God got her. So you come against her, you're coming against God. And that's what happened. They came against her, but it was God they were really fighting. Haman just didn't know that that's who he was fighting. So let's look at our lives today. And say to ourselves, God, I keep asking you for my destiny, and I don't hear it. I don't know what you're saying to me. But are you spending time with him to get the instructions? You should always have a tablet or a notebook or something when you go before the presence of God for the words that he's going to speak to you, the dreams that he's going to give you, you know, the revelations that he'll teach you. He'll show you people that you don't know. He'll conversate with you about projects that you need to be on on your job. Tell him you'll take it. Tell him you won't take it. But these are all in a relationship with God. So you have to ask yourself and analyze your own spiritual life and ask yourself, am I listening to God? Do I know his voice? And then, you know, you don't have to Google how to hear God's voice or how to have a relationship with God. You don't need all that. All you need to do is sit down on the floor, put your little mat down there, and then just be quiet. Have your little worship music in the background. I give myself away. Or, you know, Tasha Cobb, he knows my name. Anything, and just put it on repeat while you sit there and you wait. You just wait on him. And eventually the Holy Spirit is going to come in, and then you can't stop praying. You just you won't even be able to because now you're in his presence. You're there. You've reached it. And then you come back the next night or a day after or something, but you have to make it a continual thing. The first time may be only 30 minutes, but you'll eventually get up to hours of spending time with God, and then your spirit man will be hungry for him to where it's like, oh, I can't. I got to go and worship God. I got to go and get that feeling that I love to have when I talk to God. You know, his spirit just fills me. So even when you're empty, you will begin to get filled up to where you can love again, you can be in a relationship again, you can, you know, begin to appreciate yourself more because God has to fill the void of your hurts and your pains that you've gone through in life before he can present you to his people. He don't want you to go in front of his people hurt and broken. Even though the situation broke you, he can heal it. You can't heal it. No book can heal it. No lecture can heal it because that's what he allowed to happen to you. 
to make you stronger. So it's about what do you really want and how do you want it. Are you willing to work for it or are you just trying to get it microwaved? Because at work when we go through training, we have to prove ourselves before they allow us to really enjoy the position. You have to show them you have the knowledge, you have the training, and you have the experience. You have to read books for the training because you have to repeat things back about laws and policies of the company. That's the same thing with God. You have to learn his word. You have to learn who he is. You have to get your revelations. You have to learn the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus. It's all the same as if you're going to work. But with Christ, you get a better result, end result with him than at work because work will let you go at any point in time, but Christ got you for the rest of your life. So it depends on you as to how bad you want God. It depends on you as to how bad you want to hear his voice. How bad do you want to know your destiny? How bad do you want to know? When you get that prophetic word, it's going to be in a part. Now you've got to go and ask God for the rest of it. Explain what he just said to me, God, that I'm going to be a leader or I'm going to be a household name or I'm going to be, you know, teaching your people X, Y, and Z. Go to God. He's the one that has all the information. Or if he sends you a dream and you're standing up at a chalkboard and you're writing stuff down, God, does that mean I'm a teacher? Does that mean I'm a preacher? What is it, God, that you're calling me for? And he'll give you little bits of parts and pieces of who you are, and it's up to you to chase him. It's up to you to go and find out what all that stuff means in the spirit realm. You can't figure it out in the natural. And even if you go to the, the strongest and the best prophetic, God is not going to reveal all of it to him. Why? Because that's his job is to reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us, but we're so easy to go to man to figure it out. We're so easy to try to have a conversation with man, but them to tell us who and what we are and how we're going to get there when it's the creator, God, that has all the information that you need. Why is it so hard for us to spend time with him to figure it out? Why? Because it's going to take a minute. But with a prophet, boom, instant answers, instant this, but it's only going to be in part. But you want to know the full scope, the full picture, the full view of what God wants you to do? Go to him. His Holy Spirit is right there. Sometimes you'll even catch it in a song. You'll be like, wait, that's the dream I just had, you know, or whatever. But you've got to give it to God. You've got to trust him. Esther trusted him so much that she was willing to die off of the instructions of what the Holy Spirit had said to her. She was willing because she knew her God would not fail her. She knew that when she committed herself to him, there was no failure because it was all of the people. And though they did wrong off and on and off, we do too. We have that same energy that the Jews had. And then God has to forgive us and bring us back into him and put the coals either on our mouth or on our, our hands, wherever the problem is, God will send his angels. To, to put the coals there as he did with Isaiah with his mouth. So as we begin to learn who God is, committing ourselves to him, just I give myself away, what does that mean? That means I'm done. I'm empty. Fill me up, God. It doesn't just mean I give myself away as a beautiful song. This is an actual commitment you're making to a relationship with God. You're actually telling him, I'm done. I, everything I've tried is not working. I'm done. Now I'm just going give to give, give me to you. You created me. You know all these situations I've gone through. Do what you do, God. Tell me everything you want. 
and I'm going to trust you. And that's going to take some time. It's not an overnight process because you've been in control of your life so much that it's going to be hard for you to yield all of the answers to God because you don't see him, you don't know what's going on, and that's the best part about it. When you really begin to know him, he will reveal himself to you to let you see that he is real. But you've got to get to that point where he began to expose himself to you as he did with his prophets. He began to expose himself to them in certain ways and in certain eras to let them know, I, I'm the one that's leading you. I'm the one that has your destiny in my hand. You want the hand of God upon your life. You want the hedge of God around your life, and you want him speaking to you concerning your destiny. He wants you to rise up in this season. He wants you to take control in this season. But we can't do that being afraid. We can't do that not spending time with him. We can't do that not hearing who he is. We would think that we were in one direction, but we're going into a total, totally different direction. God wants me to preach, and then he's showing you a teaching ministry. God wants me to heal, but he's showing you a prophetic ministry. So it just depends on your relationship and what he has called you to do. We don't have to always seek man for the call of our lives. Esther did what she knew what was best, was to go into her place of prayer and find out what God wants from me. And that she fasted because she needed to kill the flesh so that she could hear clearly what God was saying. And, and she commissioned everyone else to do the same thing. Pray for a whole Jewish nation, but also pray for me that I get the right answer, that I get a sound, solid answer from God, that it won't backfire on any of us. And that's what they all did. They all committed to a community prayer because it was all of them that's going down. And once she heard it and, and they heard it and they all was like, I'm quite sure, was like, okay, let's do this. You had some that were weaker in the faith, I'm quite sure, but there were some that were really strong in the faith as well and had the knowledge and revelation of who God is and what he wanted to do with the nation. And when he loves us, we don't have to worry about all that because he has us in his hand. He has his hands on you. We have to know, not even through just the song, but through his word. The song helps us, though, because sometimes when we're listening to it, we're like, oh, man, that's it. He will get his point across to us any way he possibly can. So in this day and time, I encourage you to get to know God for yourself, that you may be able to know, especially if you're looking for a soulmate, as we call it, you know, because God will immediately let you know through conversating with that person, no. You'll just hear a no. And then you'll be like, well, there's no other reason I need to talk to you. We can't be friends. You know, God will let you know. There's a connection piece between your spirit and that person's spirit on a vibe together. And it's not about, um, I like him, he looks good. It's not only about that. But the spirit of God, you both have to carry that information from heaven. So, As we begin to listen, pay attention to who God is in our life, we will get it. We we will definitely get it. I challenge you to try it for two weeks to a month and say, I'm going to trust you, God. And that's when everything is going to open up negatively to you. It seems like everything will war against you because the enemy doesn't want you trusting and getting a relationship with God and worshiping him. So he's going to start throwing any and everything at you 
to make sure that you give up within that two weeks to a month. But you have to stand at some point. We want God to stand up for us, but we are we are not willing to make that sacrifice to stand for him. But yet we want the victory all the time. Yet we want a word from him all the time. But we're not doing anything for him, but hallelujah, thank you for doing it. I worship you. I love you. But our heart is so far from it because if we truly loved him, we would be on our knees more than we are. We would talk to him more, read more. If we truly, deep down, love God the way that he loves us, that he weeps when we weep, he laughs when we laugh. But we're not there yet, all of us. We're not there. And we're not trying to be there. And that's what's so painful is that we do not give God anything but a hallelujah. We don't give him anything but, Lord, help me. Thank you for solving my problems. But we can't honestly say to him, I'm going to spend time with you today. I'm going to talk to you today. I'm going to read your word today. And then go into a prayer. I don't even care if it's like 10 minutes. Find a way to talk to him in prayer. Not God bless me with this. God, give me that. God, give me. God, give me. Give me. Give me. No. But spend at least 10 minutes saying how much you love him for all he has done for you in your life. And then after a couple of weeks or a couple of days, you begin to automatically appreciate him and automatically love him. And then when a, a case comes up, you automatically begin to love him. Fear is maybe there a little bit, but you know within your love for him that he's going to bring you out. And then we begin, we begin to grow into if I perish, I perish. That's not an instant one because some situation, I mean, you're talking about death. So whether she prayed, when she didn't pray, you were talking about death. But once she got into the presence of God, she was like, I'm going to be okay. We all are going to be okay. We have to work our way up to that level because if we haven't heard from God, we could actually be destroyed um, because we'll go off of the wrong strategy. But when we hear from God, he'll let us know that he got us. So this week sometimes, just spend that time with him. If you're driving, if you're doing your hair, just practice, I love you, Lord. I love you. I appreciate you. Don't ask for anything. Just appreciate who he is. Appreciate what he's doing in your life. Even the bad things, God, you know, I went through this week. You know, I made some bad decisions, but I love you because I know you're going to help me correct them. I know you're going to guide me out of this, and I repent for making those decisions, God, but I yet trust you. I yet love you, and I'm going to just sit and wait for your direction through revelation of your word, because you got to read the word in order to get the revelation, in order to get the instructions. So we just want to thank God tonight for him giving us knowledge of who he really is. Because whether you pray, whether you fast, whether you talk to God, the enemy is still coming. So you might as well get into God so that you can 100% defeat him. Because if you're trying to defeat him yourself, you're going to lose. Because he's smarter than you. Because it's coming from the spirit realm and not coming from our natural realm. So in order to defeat in the spirit realm, you need to be in the spirit realm with God. You need to be talking to God about the strategy, not having a community meeting about what should we do alone. But by, you know, beginning to speak to God about what you should do. So as the enemy is coming, he's going to come. He's like, oh, he's not bothering me. I'm not going to bother him. Trust me. He's going to bother you. And those with a call upon their life chosen 
really going to bother you. Whether you pray or not, he's going to put you in fear that, you know, oh, my God, things keep happening to me, so I'm, I'm going to stop serving God. Okay, Jeremiah, that's what you think, because even Jeremiah had to go back in because he knew the love that he had for Christ. But as we begin to trust God and learn him on our own, he will prove himself to us that we didn't go wrong dwelling in his, his secret place, dwelling in the place where he lives, you know, and you will find out that you've got victory at all times. So let us just begin to pray right now that God, that we love him and that we're sorry that we haven't spent the time with him, that we needed to, to get the instructions that he has for us, especially concerning our destiny, our call, the call that he has upon our life, the mate that we should marry, you know, the job that we should take, how we stand um, in the presence of our enemies, how we um, communicate with God, and how we stand boldly in the time of trouble. How do you do that? You know, in the presence of God, he will teach you everything you need. And if we lost our our self-esteem and we begin to get low self-esteem, he'll teach us how to get that back because it's just the enemy trying to make you believe that you're a nobody, you'll never be anything. Even though, you know, the word of God has given us positivity over our life and and we need to stand more. So we're going to just pray that we get more into the word of God, that we get more into God's faith and learn about who he is as the Holy Spirit teaches us. And just repent for not doing those things in the first place and just always asking God for stuff, but never loving and appreciating who he is and how does he get those things and make sure that we get them. You know, we don't even care about all that. We just want it done. And he's saying, I don't mind doing it. You just never come and love me. You just never come and worship me. You know, we we prefer to do things, oh, look at my Cadillac and look at my this. We give that more attention than we do God. And now is the season to stop doing that because there's a lot of warfare going on financially in everybody's life, and we're trying to get to a place of comfort, and every time we try, it goes away. And then we try the next pay period, and it goes away. And God is saying, if you come to me, I'll show you how to be consistent with your income, even though the things of the world, because he doesn't want us to suffer, those that love him, you know. And as we show them that God can hold his uh, financial in our lives, other people will see it and want to come to Christ. But we're, we're looking worse than they are. So how can they come to us? We're trying to get to them to figure out how to get financially stable. And, and that's not the plan of God. The plan of God is that we be prosperous and in good health. But we have reversed it because of fear. We have reversed it because of lack of knowledge of who God is in our life. So when we spend that time with him, we'll learn who he is and how he'll financially provide for us. So let us go in prayer. Father, we thank you right now, oh God. We give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you, oh God, because we know that you're a provider. We thank you, oh God, because you know how our destiny is and how it should work. As Esther came before you in prayer, fasting for three days to get her strategy, her instructions of how to defeat to defeat someone that wanted them annihilated off of the, the earth. We he she fasted and prayed because she knew she had a relationship with you and that you would instruct her. She didn't have to go around asking people. She didn't even have to ask you, are we gonna die, are we gonna live? Because she knew the God that she served. So all she did was went to you to get direction. She didn't come to you in fear. She didn't come to you in doubt. The only thing she said was, give me my instructions, because the first thing 
she wanted was um, how can I do this because it was a new place to her. It was a new position for her. So she didn't really understand the how. But when she came to you, she knew the how and the why, and she was ready to execute. God, help us that we may execute your plan on this earth. We may become the warriors that you are desiring us to be in these last days. Father, we thank you right now, oh God, that we promise to spend more time with you. We promise to pray more, to sing of your word and glory more. We promise, oh God, to get revelation from your word, to just um, spend more time with you, God, even if we have to go on YouTube and listen to people preach, that we learn and we take notes and apply it to our life, oh God. That when we go in to talk with you and to commune with you, we won't ask you for things and stuff and money, but we want to ask you, what is my destiny? Where am I going? And then once we get that out of the way, we just want to worship you. We just want to make sure that we love you and show you that we love you, oh God. So we stand before you today, God, just wanting to love on you, just wanting to worship you and to get to know you, that when our battle comes in, when someone wants to take us off of the job, when someone wants to take from us, that we can stand before you and we can believe and trust that the strategy that you have is for our success and for our good, that we will not fail, oh God. We know your hands is upon our lives. We know, God, that you want to talk to us. We know that you want to love on us. So right now, God, As we're concluding this broadcast, God, we thank you right now that any cancer, any blood disease, oh God, any brain tumors, anything going on in the bodies of your people right now, oh God, we command it right now to be healed in Jesus' name. But God, we know that you desire us to be healthy and and you desire us to be healed, oh God, so we come before you in our secret place, oh God, thanking you for the healing. While we wait on our healing, we're trusting you, O oh God. And even though the manifestation is not there, when we stand on your word that Jesus died and he shed his blood for us to be healed and saved, God, that it is done and it is done. And all we have to do is continue every day to trust you and to praise you for our healing, O oh God. We thank you right now, O oh God, that any diabetes, O oh God, any blindness, any legal blindness, O oh God, we cast it out right now in the name of Jesus. And we take the blood of Jesus and we just believe, oh God, that we are now healed, oh God. As someone has pain in their hands right now, like arthritis or just shaking, God, we take it right now to the blood of Jesus and we decree right now, oh God, healing in the hands of that person, God. In the name of Jesus, any barrenness in the uterus, oh God, for those that are desiring children, oh God, just like you gave Sarah a baby in her old age, oh God, we touch the womb right now, oh God, in the spirit realm, and God, we believe that you will touch that womb right now for a baby, and that they will commit that child unto you, oh God. Father, we thank you right now as the blood of Jesus is on them right now for healing of the uterus right now, oh God, that they will have a baby within the next six months, Father, and we thank you right now, oh God. We touch that brain right now, oh God, that you may take your hands and just begin to take out any tumors right now in the name of Jesus, that when they get there again, oh God, that they will be healed. Right now, in Jesus' name, we plead the blood over it, O God. We thank you right now, O God, that any repossession, any evictions that have come, O God, that as we dwell in your secret place, O God, we will ever we have 
to do to reverse that, oh God. No matter how much time we have to pay it, we know that you are able to pay it. You have all money. Father, your resources in heaven are bigger than the resources that we have. So we come before you right now, oh God, believing that you will heal and have healed us in Jesus' name. Father, right now we come before you, oh God, trusting and believing, God, that you are our way maybe you. Resources are strong, God, and we know that when we call upon you what we don't see in the natural, when you begin to open our eyes to see, oh, God, we can see the spiritual blessings that you have for us, and we thank you right now, oh, God. Any trouble that anyone is receiving on their jobs right now to get them secretly um, fired, God, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and we call upon the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom as to how this will Come back to our victory, O oh God. We thank you right now in Jesus' name. With women, they're the issue of blood, God. They don't understand how and what and when and why, and the doctors will tell them that they don't know, but they're going to keep trying. Father, right now in the spirit realm, we touch that uterus, O oh God, and take away any fibroids or anything that's taking them and, and making that happen, O oh God. But we thank you right now. We rebuke that spirit and heal it and dry it up right now in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. 